Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, Executive Director at EdSource. This school year began with more questions than answers about how students' needs would be met amid the ongoing pandemic. For students and families unable or unwilling to return to in-person instruction, independent study has been the only alternative. But what many are finding as the year takes root is that independent study does not always provide the necessary services for students with special needs. When those needs are complicated by COVID, districts are finding there are no easy solutions, especially when there are widespread academic challenges. As a result, some kids aren't being served at all. I just felt overwhelmed. I didn't know where to begin. It's just a very frustrating and sad thing for any of these kids who are having to go through this right now. About 800,000 of California's K-12 public school students are enrolled in special education. How can independent study accommodate special needs? Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stabley. Nine-year-old Liam is a boy who loves Legos, cars, and playing with his two-year-old brother. Liam lives in Long Beach. He would love to be back at school this year for fourth grade, but the risk of COVID-19 is very real for him. He was born prematurely at 25 weeks. He weighed one pound and eight ounces, and he's had pneumonia several times since he was born. Here's his mom, Kirsten Nielsen. He suffers from chronic lung disease. And so because of that, he is extremely high risk for pretty much any kind of respiratory infection, but specifically to COVID. So for him, even the common cold will last like sometimes three weeks for him to kind of get over that. And there's always that risk that it can turn into pneumonia. So he has to take medications that are preventative to kind of help protect him even during the normal cold and flu season. Kirsten is being extra careful with Liam during the pandemic. We don't take him out around anybody. We wear masks if we do have to go out of the house. We have separated ourselves from family members, from um, pretty much anybody that he could come into contact with that could bring outside infection in. I mean, for a long time, I wouldn't even go to out without coming back and, you know, washing my hands, taking a shower and doing everything I could to make sure I'm not bringing any outside germs into my house to, you know, protect him. Liam has been receiving special education services since he was three years old because of an extreme speech delay and his chronic lung disease. Before the pandemic, he would spend most of his day in a general education classroom, but he would get extra support for math, reading, writing, speech therapy, and PE. Kirsten actually pulled Liam out of school even before the schools closed in March 2020 because they were worried about COVID-19. That school year was a little rocky for everyone. But by fall 2020, Liam was doing pretty well in remote learning. They did everything remotely. All of his uh, special support teachers would meet with him virtually also and just would kind of coordinate with the teacher to make sure it wasn't interfering with class. Um, and he got all of his services as well as being able to have the social interaction with his classmates and the interaction with the teacher in small groups. So he was able to get, I feel, almost a better education for him. He had less distractions. It seemed like it was ideal. Liam continued to do well throughout last school year. Then this school year, in-person learning started up again, but Liam's risk was still high. So Kirsten was hoping Liam would be able to continue remote learning through independent study. But a week before school started, 
Kirsten says Long Beach Unified called a meeting for families with children with disabilities and told them independent study was not an option for their children because it wasn't specified in their Individualized Education Program, or IEP. Kirsten was worried, but thought Liam might qualify for a program called Home Hospital Instruction, where a teacher visits students at home or in the hospital while they recover from an illness or an injury. But she was told that Liam wasn't eligible for that either, because his condition is chronic, not temporary. His only option, they said, was to attend in person. That's not an option for him. His health makes it impossible for him to go back. He's extremely vulnerable. Carolyn reached out to Long Beach Unified to ask what they have to say about the decision not to offer independent study for Liam. A district spokesman wrote back, quote, Placement decisions are made through the IEP team, which includes parents. If independent study is not the proper placement or offer of a free and appropriate education, the IEP team may also consider alternative educational opportunities. But more than two months into the school year, Liam still hasn't received any assignments or any communication from school. His mom is now part of a class action complaint against the state of California to try to get her son learning again. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely. This week, students with disabilities shut out of independent study. My colleague Carolyn Jones has been covering this for EdSource. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, Zadie. So we just talked with Kirsten Nielsen about her son Liam and how he basically is not receiving any education from his school district this year so far. It sounds like Liam is not the only one. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Zadie. Liam is definitely not the only one. There are thousands of kids in California in this situation right now. It's sort of a loophole in the way the independent study program was rolled out this year. You know, as we all know, children with disabilities are entitled to a free, high-quality education. And with the return to school, while COVID is still in full swing, um, a lot of students with disabilities can't really go back to in-person school. Students with compromised immune systems, uh, students with you know chronic lung problems, students who have problem with wearing a mask because they have developmental disabilities. So those students really have no choice except to do independent study. But, and here's where it gets a little complicated, <laughs> is that Students with disabilities in California or everywhere have these things called IEPs, Individualized Education Plans, which are sort of roadmaps for that student's education and learning goals and so forth. And unless independent study is specified in that IEP, a lot of districts are saying, well, sorry, we can't offer you independent study. I asked Kirsten what it was like for her to hear that her son couldn't attend the district's independent study program. I was devastated. I felt like I didn't know what to do, where to begin, how to start. It's like the last thing with everything going on in the world right now, that was the last thing that I thought that I'd have to fight for. And I started crying after I got that phone call. I just felt overwhelmed. I didn't know where to begin and super frustrated and angry and mad as I just felt like it wasn't fair. And Yeah, I mean, I get emotional trying to talk about it right now. It's just a very frustrating and sad thing for any of these kids who are having to go through this right now. 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost sounds like they were denying you independent study because of your IEP. That's absolutely what they're saying. They're telling you because you have an IEP, you don't qualify. You can't have it. And if you do want it, they're going to have to change your FAPE offer and you have to forego all of your special services. So they're telling you that you you cannot do it unless you say that you're okay with basically not having an IEP. So Carolyn, it, it seems to me like if you're in a pandemic where some kids are going to have to stay at home, that it would make sense that districts would work with kids to figure out independent study, that they shouldn't have to, somehow their IEP is working against them. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's interesting because last year, a lot of students with disabilities did remote learning um, to various degrees of success, but it was offered. And, um, you know, they were able to get speech therapy, or in some cases, teachers went directly to students' homes and worked with parents and so forth to have make sure the services were offered. This year, that's not available because of the way the independent study in the order to return to in-person school has rolled out. So that's kind of the loophole there. I've talked to a number of administrators and teachers. I mean, I don't think there's any ill intent here. I've never talked to a single special educator who actually wanted to not educate children. I think the issue is short staffing. And also districts right now are really overwhelmed with a million other things and students with disabilities. You know, updating those IEP plans is just not a priority and it's not happening fast enough. Do we know how many students are in this situation? Well, there's no there's no data showing the exact number, but I can say statewide, 13 percent of students in California are in special education. It's about 800,000 students and a good number of those have developmental or cognitive disabilities, um, and then an unknown number of, you know, additional students have immune disorders or, you know, like in Liam's case, uh, a lung disorder that kind of, you know, where he's at high risk of contracting COVID. So thousands, it's thousands. On Carolyn's article about this issue, someone named Olga D. wrote, my daughter is going through a similar situation, and the local middle school in San Luis Obispo denied her independent study through their district. And another commenter named May wrote, I am having these same types of problems with my school district special education. The school district IEP team put my grandchild in the independent studies program, but told me that my grandchild will probably fail and that the school district would not be able to assist me in one-on-one tutoring and other services that the child may need. Several families got together with disability rights organizations to file a class action complaint in the U.S. District Court of Northern California. One attorney told Carolyn they'd heard from dozens of families, but they think it's just the tip of the iceberg. It's a class action complaint filed by several different disability rights organizations on behalf of students and families in California. And it's, you know, it's names the the state of California, the Department of Education, the uh, superintendent of public instruction, Tony Thurmond, as not offering equal access to an education to disabled students. So it's essentially a civil rights complaint. The complaint says that some students are being asked to waive their right to extra, to special education services. That's right, yeah. Um, Some districts are saying, well, yes, you know, we can enroll you in independent study, but it might not mean that you're gonna get the physical therapy that you need or the occupational therapy you need. So that's obviously a problem for students who really rely on those services. And the state, 
of California, CDE, the Department of Education, as well as the federal government have both come out recently saying, you know, districts have to accommodate students with disabilities with independent study. You have to get on this. You have to do it. You have to update those IEPs. But by the same token, unless those IEPs are updated, there's really no path forward. And this lawsuit is asking the state to take a stronger role and be you know, do a little bit better on enforcing enforcement and accountability with school districts. Right now, it's a little bit on the honor system. You reached out to the state and um, did the California Department of Education get back to you with comment yet? Oh, yes. Yeah, they just reiterated, you know, it's the law. The law is very clear. You know, school districts have to educate students with disabilities and, and they, they're, you know, kind of leaning on districts, you know, hurry up with those IEPs, update them, do what you need to do to get these kids back you know, getting some kind of education. And, but it's just been slow going. It really varies. I mean, some districts are really on the ball and have done a lot and have always done a lot with students with special needs. And then others are just overwhelmed with other things or haven't made it a priority. It's not to say that it won't happen eventually, but it hasn't happened yet. And here we are, you know, towards the end of October. So for some students, what, that's two months of no school falling further behind you know, even after after a year and a half of remote learning. So yeah, it's very it's been very frustrating. And these these advocates are saying, you know, it's really a, it's a it's an equity issue because they say, you know, all too often students with disabilities, their needs are not prioritized. And this is just another example of that. Kirsten Nielsen, Liam's mom, is one of the plaintiffs in the class action complaint. She says when she spoke with the attorneys, she felt finally someone was listening to her. I felt like I finally had someone who could help me. And they let me know that we weren't the only family having this problem, which I didn't know anybody personally to talk to that was a family that was going through what what we were going through. So that was super helpful to me to know that I wasn't alone in what I was dealing with. As the civil rights complaint moves forward, Kirsten is also putting pressure on the district locally. I, I reached out three different times saying, you know, can you give me some idea of how he's going to start getting some education, some schoolwork? What what can he start doing? And no one has ever addressed that. That's never been anything that they've even acknowledged that I've asked. For now, Kirsten hired a tutor to help Liam. In the meantime, she's waiting for the education she knows Liam deserves. So Carolyn, what's next with this complaint? What are the next steps? I think right now the plaintiffs that I've talked to, you know, what they're really hoping for is a quick settlement. They're hoping that the state will somehow, you know, make it a little bit easier for districts to comply with the law um, and maybe relax some of the rules around IEPs or somehow get more staff people to, you know, kind of rush through these IEP meetings. And, you know, they're hoping that this might kind of wake some people up a little bit and say, hey, this is something we have to do, like, stat today. (laughs) Districts might be slowly moving in that direction, but right now there's a lot of students like Liam who are just kind of in limbo. Thank you very much for being with us, Carolyn. Sure. Thank you, Zadie. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, Getting to the Heart of California Schools, a production of EdSource. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to Kirsten Nielsen and her son Liam, Carolyn Jones, and our director Ann Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the California Endowment and the Silver Giving Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join me next week, and don't forget to subscribe.